Stacy, would you go ahead and join me? And really excited today. Yeah, Ramp Church. But we are continuing our chapter called Even Here, Yes. Even Now, Even Us. And it's been an awesome chapter, Ramp Church. Um, if, if you have missed any um, of the sessions so far, go back and listen. Especially, uh, I feel like, to the very first part. Um, which you can go back in YouTube, uh, even Facebook, and see um, what you've missed. It's all available right there on demand. But that first message really gave um, what I'm calling the inspirational framework to me of how to think about every part of this series. And um, we believe that even now, with us, and even here, that God can do something. And so often we need that injection of hope. Because we, we often have what I call if-only narratives right. in our heart and our mind. And we have a fill-in-the-blank, whatever yours may be, but we don't think, we don't think things can, can, can come out of this season that are positive or that are life-giving, that are leading us into purpose mm-hmm. or potential. Um, because we kind of have this, well, if-only. If-only I didn't lose my job. Yeah. That's a big one. But that doesn't mean God can't move in the midst of that. If, if only I wasn't single. Yeah. If only I could go to church on Sunday morning. And today we're going to talk about the Word of God and how to hear God's voice. And there's a few if-onlys I feel like we put in that spot. Mm-hmm. One of those would be if only we, we could go to church. If only we were gathering. If only I could be in home groups where I'm seeing other people, then then they would be able to tell me and encourage me. They'd be able to tell me what God's saying and encourage me. And I always love meeting with so-and-so after service because, you know, they pour into my life. And there are a few of these if-onlys that we're going to explore, but then we're just going to discuss um, what it looks like to hear God's voice and what yeah. that means if for I can our just, life. I, if, Ramp Church, if I could even just kind of tattoo that title of this chapter on our hearts, even here, even now, even us. Um, to carry with us, because I feel like that little phrase is, is something that just takes the lid and the limitations that we can easily put on ourselves because of external circumstances. And it's not just in the middle of a pandemic or in the middle of this season that, that our mind wants to start to kind of sometimes veer off and limit what God can do because of certain things that we expected to go one way and they went another way. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things we talked about the first week, and I think this point is especially applicable today, and that is, um, and even here, even now, even us, narrative, a truth that we need to believe is that God works through this, not around it. God works through this, not around it. And so often we believe that the only way God can really be involved in this situation is, is, uh, if, if he took me around, if, if I avoid pain, if I avoid the struggle, if I avoid the hardship. But something that I've discovered is God generally does some of his greatest work, some of his masterpieces come out of extremely trying circumstances. That God actually uses where we are. And it isn't an indication that he's left the building. I remember that that at the end of Elvis' conversations, Elvis has left the building. It's uh, it's it's not that. This is not an Elvis concert. No, okay. no. This God is still in the building. He's still moving, and he's working through these circumstances. 
that he can actually write part of your greatest chapter in the story of your life through where we are right now. And one of the ways he can, that we can get in tune with the story he's writing is by, is by hearing his voice. And I love to even look at, in Scripture, some of the powerful, powerful moments and results of the voice of God. We see in Genesis that God's Word is actually creative. It, it, cre- it, it pulls life out of nothingness. It creates thriving, um, thriving creation out of, out of utter emptiness. And that's, what, that's one of the things His Word does in our life. His Word brings nourishment. Jesus would say that He didn't live by bread alone. He's talking about natural food. But I live by every word that comes out of God's mouth. It, it brings nourishment to our soul. It also brings refreshing. Psalms 119 just says how God's word is refreshing. It revives the soul. It revives my spirit. And we can, we can step into that place where we're hearing God's voice. And so we can find that creative source. That source of nourishment and refreshing. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in to that today. But I um, oh, really, where I want to start this discussion, and I'm excited because we can do this in conversation style. Um, but I want to start with some of the hearing God myths that that we believe, um, and we sometimes I think we miss the voice of God not because He's not speaking but because we're looking for the wrong thing. We're listening for the wrong thing. So one of the myths uh, that I believe we often think about the voice of God is that it's difficult. It's difficult to hear God. It's challenging. We have to strain. We have to push. We have to strive for the voice of God. We have to set aside seasons of fasting and prayer to hear one little word. And those are important seasons, and we believe in those, and we do those here at Ramp Church. We just got out of a a community-wide fast. But I'm reminded of how actually simple it is to hear God's voice. And I, I even remember a personal story for me when I was just new in my walk with God and I was trying to figure out how to, how to hear from God. There was a lady in our faith community that I didn't know, but I feel like I, had a, a, I, feel like I saw a picture for her. And I was just learning uh, how to hear from God and what that even look like. So I, I didn't know her, didn't know her name, but I approached her and um, I just shared with her a picture that I had just seen. Here's a picture that I'd seen. I didn't know what it meant, but I literally saw someone's like stomach. <laughs> I described, and I saw this stomach changing from one state to another. So I just described, and I was so nervous, I couldn't even look at her when I was telling her. So I was, I was looking at the ground. <laughs> I was looking at the ground and I was telling, I just kind of saw this picture and I was really apprehensive because I didn't know if it was God. Is it my imagination? You know, what is this? And when I looked up, she had tears in her eyes. And then she started to tell me, my, she said, my mother's in the hospital right now with stomach issues. And so I knew right away God had been speaking to me about her mother. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, I didn't even know that was the voice of God. I really was just stumbling my way around. What is this thing, this life in the spirit? And so the first myth is that I think it's sometimes it's more simple than we realize. Yeah. And that even has, it reminds me of something you and I were talking about, even as we were talking about this time, about the difference between Israel and their journey of being led externally mm-hmm. into this internal journey of being led by God. And I, 
just wonder if you'd want to start there. Yes, well, I just want to comment as well about, you know, the simplicity, as I, I, I was reminded of, um, forgive me for not knowing the exact reference, where Jesus is talking to his disciples in the crowds, and he said, I praise you, Father, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and you've revealed them to the simple and the childlike. And working with children, working in children's ministry, encountering God as a child, I think sometimes that's just a great reminder that the, the truths of God, as profound and mind-blowing as they are, as difficult and, um, or not difficult, but as far beyond our comprehension as, they, as it can be, it's still able to be digested and experienced by even childlike children can hear and recognize the Lord. You find that in the Word as well, and um, Samuel's call, and, and just how the Lord, He is no respecter of persons, and He will speak. He is speaking. He's, a, he's alive. So if He's alive, He's speaking. He's, he has action, and, and He's on the move, and He's doing things, and to hear God is we become awakened and aware so in, in the Old Testament, you know, we read about God calling Abraham, and he begins to set aside a people, and he says, I'm going to make a people that are going to declare my glory to the other nations. And he begins to form this people that belong to him to be a blessing to all the other nations, and he begins to lead them out of Egypt. You know, he leads um, Abraham to this new land, and then they go to Egypt, and then he leads them out of Egypt. And I love this verse in um, Exodus let me see if I can pull Exodus 40 in verse 36. It says, in all the travels of the Israelites, wherever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So then the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. So God has a people and he's leading his people. Okay. And it's not, he doesn't just deliver them and then just say, hope you can find your way to me. Yeah. And hope you can figure out how to live for me in the middle of all these other nations. Yeah. But he is there every day leading them. And then Jesus comes and he is this living example revealing God, the word of God made flesh. And now Jesus is here on earth showing people how to live and commune with God. He dies and then raises to life and is up in heaven now, then gives us the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in believers. So now we're not led externally by cloud and fire, but we have an internal cloud and fire. We have an internal glory. We have an internal light of the Holy Spirit that is governing and guiding us and hearing God speak is not just about having some kind of mystical experience that we can tell people about so we feel self-important. The purpose of hearing God is so that we can be intimate with him and follow him where he's leading us. So that we, he's leading us into greater and greater intimacy, into greater and greater understanding of the will and the ways of God. And we want to hear from him, not for the sake of being prophetic, but we want to hear from him so we can be conformed to be like him and receive from him and release that daily bread through ourselves to the world around us. I love that. And that actually gets on to the next myth that I feel like is common when we talk about the voice of God. And oftentimes we think it's spooky or it has to be supernaturally extravagant. And I love the simplicity that, that you just discussed that in because 
if you were talking about any other relationship, you couldn't fathom having a rich, healthy relationship separate from communication. That, that, I mean, what, if you took communication out of your and my relationship, it wouldn't be long before the relationship itself would crumble. Because our relationship is, is completely um, reliant on our ability to communicate one to another. So the voice of God's not some ghostly sort of, uh, or eerie, or weird supernatural sort of a thing. It's a means of a way to enter into relationship with God. It's natural. And in the old covenant, in God's old relationship with humanity seen in Israel, in our Bibles... Stacy was referencing, just referencing that. He had to lead them externally. But, but there was a time in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament prophesied about this. There will be, be a time where you won't have to learn about me through teachers, through other people that I've been revealed to. But my law, my words, will be written on your heart. There will be something internal, an internal way that you'll be able to commune with God, to relate to Him, to speak yeah. with Him. And to me, that, that rescues that myth out of it. It's got to be spooky. And what is that, that thing written on our hearts? It's the Holy Spirit who's, yeah. who's entered into our life, the Bible says. This isn't just an eternal promise, but God has given us His Spirit right. to lead and guide us now. I think what even maybe even more than spooky yeah. it's it's not for elites yeah good it's it's communication so it's there for any relationship no matter the stage i mean if you're yeah. one year if i had a 1 year old kid i'm still going to communicate to the 1 year old kid if right. i had a 20 year old kid i'm communicating to 20 year old kid if i so god communicates with his children and it's for everyone everyone to hear and live off the word of god um, everyone to receive input from God. I mean, I, sometimes I just love to think about the fact that God has opinion about everything. Like everything about my life, you know, God has thoughts on. So do some people think, well, you don't really need to ask the Lord about that. You know, you just need to grow up and figure it out on yourself. And sure, there's, there is maturity, but don't you want to know what God thinks about that? I mean, if he's willing to share, I'm willing to hear what God would think about that. Yeah. And I think... So what's so important even about approaching the word of God and hearing God is this heart posture of, I want to know what God has to say yeah, about this. Yeah. Sure, I can come up with a pro and con list on where to work and where to live, but I think God may have some thoughts about that. And I, yeah, I mean, I can decide who I'm going to marry based on, I don't know how you do that these days, references or, or salt or all these. But I think God actually may have something to say. So I want to wait on what God has to say about that. And Ramp Church, we want to be a people that aren't just craving the word of God so that we can cloud it to the world around us. And, and, but we want, we want to hear the word of God because we want to be led by him in every area of our life. Every part of our life submitted to him. Every part of our hearts hungry for his input. You know, and I know one of the things that you were, we were going to talk about was, you know, the, the big issue for a lot of people, I know we've all had seasons of this, well, what if you don't hear God? Yeah, but, but before we get to that, because I, I want to get to that, Ramp Church, because I know you're interested. I, I have some if-onlys that stuck out to me as I was reading Scripture about the voice of God. And I can so relate to these in my own life. 
But I, but I know uh, many of you watching can relate to this as well. Uh, if only God would speak out loud to me. Yeah. Then I'd be convinced. I'd be convinced he's speaking. Mm-hmm. Like this whole like internal thing, this whole like, ooh, I think God's speaking, maybe he's not. That kind of a journey, gosh, it seems prone to error. It seems like open to interpretation. It's not irrefutable. And if he would, if only God would speak out loud, then I would be okay. And I'd know I heard God. But I want to tell you, even here, even now, even us, that that internal leading, that still small voice can be trusted. And maybe the out loud thing is not as dependable as you think. I'm thinking about John chapter 12 is, is the thing that made me think of this. When God actually speaks to Jesus audibly, Mm -hmm. it's out loud. And it's so audible, it's not just like whispering in Jesus' ear, but the biblical writer, who was an eyewitness, actually, actually heard the voice himself, as did others standing around. So they hear God speak out loud. But the crazy thing is this, not everybody believed it was God. So everybody hears God speak. Some people remember exactly what he said, and then some people go, Oh, no, no, it was thunder. It was thunder. And it shows me how often we think things that can be irrefutable actually aren't. Mm. That we think if only God would speak out loud, then I would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I want to tell you, don't be so confident. Sometimes it's not quite that clear. It would still take faith to believe if you heard something out loud. Yep. We put it on external things. Like even in the story of Jesus... Um, t- sharing the parable with Lazarus. Well, send my send somebody to my brothers that they will know. You know that this is actually there's an afterlife. And Jesus said, if they won't listen to the prophets, then they won't listen. If somebody was raised from the dead and went back to them. Yes. And I think what the key is, even what you're saying, is it's not about the means or the method. Yep. It's about the heart yes. again. Yes. So you think, oh, if Jesus, you know, I've, I've, even, I've even said this on hard days before. Jesus, can you please just come in person right now to my kitchen and give me some parenting advice? You know, and we think, but if my heart is tuned in and my heart has faith, Jesus says all throughout the word, if you seek me with all your heart, if you ask, seek not, then he's going to reveal himself. He's going to reveal himself. I love that example because there's another example that I read in Luke chapter 1 where there's, um, there's a church leader at that day. He was, he was in Israel. The people, uh, he was leading Israel named Zechariah. And an angel actually showed up in front of him and gave him the word of God. And Luke, Luke chapter 1 says this. He didn't believe. He didn't believe what the angel said. And the angel had to get like a little sassy with him. He gets back and he goes, don't you realize... I stand in the presence of God. Like he's, he's trying to say, you don't understand. This thing is not just my opinion. I stand in the presence of God. Even if an angel shows up in front of us, it doesn't mean that there's faith there to believe what we hear. If only I, I heard something face to face. If only I had a supernatural experience. Think of Acts chapter 10. Peter gets a vision of, of something that's kind of contrary to the way he thinks. And it's about eating clean things and unclean things and how that changes under Jesus for Jewish people. And he doesn't just get the vision once. Acts 10 tells us he gets the vision three times. (laughs) And then Peter still, afterward, he's not sitting there going, oh man, crystal clear, I get exactly what you want. Scripture says in Acts 10 that he's still trying to figure out what it means. Because when we hear from God, it's not just about the words themselves. But there is a life journey 
that's associated with hearing. And I think that's a great way actually to get into what you were just talking about. And that is, why can't we hear from God? Why, why sometimes do I feel like I'm struggling to hear from God? And I think one of the reasons is this, and I actually have some questions that I want you to ask yourself. When you feel that you're not hearing, when I feel like I can't hear from God, when I feel like I can't hear this spirit that's, that God says is in me, I think the first question to ask yourself is this. Write this down at home. Am I ready to do what I hear? Am I ready to do what I hear? Because God's not just trying to speak to us to give us information. That's some of the problems with Zechariah and Peter, with those situations these that overheard God audibly speak, is perhaps it wasn't a hearing problem. Perhaps it was an environment of the heart or a posture of the soul that caused them, they actually heard the word, but they didn't really hear the word. They heard the sound, but they didn't hear what God was saying. And that's just two different things. Sometimes we get caught up on, oh, I can't, I can't hear, I can't hear. First, one of the first things you need to ask is, am I prepared to do what I'm hearing? If I'm ready to do something, now I know my heart is positioned to hear. Yes, yes. And sometimes, you know, I love what Pastor Karen and ta taught me about this. Sometimes when she's coming into God's presence, she's got a lot of stuff on her mind to ask the Lord about. She just, we've, we sometimes just come in and the first thing we say is, yes. I say yes, whatever it is, and just telling yourself, yes, so yes, good. yes, my answer is yes, Lord, and, and getting our heart really willing. And I, I, I have heard it said before, God will reveal his will to the person who is willing to do his will. He will reveal his will to the person who's willing to do his will. And, and one of the, you know, so one of the, the reasons why sometimes we're waiting on God to speak is because he's waiting on our heart to get so hungry for him that we let go of some of our um, opinions or suggestions to him and just are really open and willing to do yes. whatever he says. Yes, I, I think about it oftentimes like, um, and I think you've used this, this example before in a message. When I'm making decisions in my life, I often have like a boardroom table, okay, where every source of advice is surrounding me, and it could be wisdom. Thank you, Olivia. She heard my voice going out here. You've got wisdom. You've got what your parents say. You've got what your bank account says. Yeah. You've got what your yeah. wife or your spouse says or what the opportunity is. And, and if, if God is just one voice among this council, I, that's not an environment he's interested in speaking into. He wants to take the floor. <laughs> he's king of kings, lord of lords, and am I ready to act on what he says? That doesn't mean wisdom doesn't go into it, of course. Wisdom is the mind of God on a matter. But when we're speaking, uh, when we're speaking about God's word to us, am I prepared? That's the first question you ask. Am I prepared mm -hmm. to do what I'm, what I'm hearing? I was thinking, you know, one of the, I think one of the, the main times when I can't really hear or discern the will of the Lord, as I'm kind of looking back over my journey and walking, following Jesus, I feel like one, for me, I often don't hear, I, I've come to the Lord and ask him to speak into something that he's actually already spoken to me about. Okay. So he gives me clarity in his word, but I don't like that word. So I come back. And I'm asking again, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? And I'm genuine. And I'm like, Lord, please show me your will. Show me your will. 
because my mind has already kind of shut down what the word really was. And I'm wanting to exchange it for something a little more comfortable or logical. And, or. And this is the next question. The first question is, am I ready to do what he tells me? And the second question is, has he already spoken to me about yes. this? If has I'm he having, already spoken? If I'm having trouble hearing from God, has he already spoken to me about this topic? Yes, and I think, I think for me this is definitely, he, he speaks clearly, but this is the thing about the word of God. This is what it says in even Hebrews 4. It says that it's sharp, and it has the ability to divide soul and spirit, flesh and bone. It's, it's precise, and sometimes it's like a surgeon's scalpel, wanting to cut away a part of our life that's cancerous or not healthy for us. And so when his word comes, it's not always this breath of fresh air where you feel like a rocket's just gotten fuel. I mean, sometimes it is. But other times you go into pray and you hear what God says about your budget and you leave a bit heavier than, than lighter perhaps at first. You're like, how am I going to do that? Well, God's grace is in the surrender. And when you surrender, as you surrender, you receive more grace. But I think just really like, for example, my dad, he was a pilot. So we used to fly and he, you know, whenever he would have this flight route that he would prepare for before we would, we would take off, he had, you know, the radar control and tower is giving him advice. He's got all his instruments and sometimes, you know, we would hit these storms and fog and not be able to see them. I mean, sometimes when you're flying through a cloud, you're, you know, it's exactly what it sounds like. You can't see anything but the cloud. But he would not change course just because he hits a storm just because he hit some fog. I mean, it would be rare that they would have to actually reroute because of weather. But oftentimes we hit a little weather patch and then we're, we're calling tower. We're like, hey, we've got to turn around. There's, and it's just thunder. Just keep flying through it. Wow. It's just a bit of fog. Keep flying through it. And I think one of the most important things about the word of God is it will be tested. And that's why you have a word is the word that you have will be tested. It's not just tested. Mark 4, Jesus says, you're going to receive a word, but it's going to sometimes desire for other things, the lure of wealth, even worry and concern is going to choke out the word. So when you get the word, you have to stay put with the word. And God knows what you need when you need it. So if he gave you the word, stay with it until he gives you another bit of instruction. Don't reroute everything just because he hit a little thunder patch. So good. That is so good. So the second question is, has God already said something about it? And I, I just want to apply that to also our reading of the Bible. There's different ways that God speaks to us, and, and maybe we'll get on that in, in, a, in a future message in this chapter. But... Sometimes I want a specific word about something when God's already given me a general word about yeah. that. F for example, um, there are things about the sexual ethic mm -hmm. of following Jesus. Jesus' perspective on, our, on the sexual part of our life or the financial part of my life or the relational part of my life or my words, my tongue, that part of my life. And I'm trying to ask God something specific that he's already said generally in this word. And yes, there are times we need a specific word. Like if I'm praying between two houses uh, to move into and I really feel like God has an opinion on this, that's not going to be in this Bible. But he is going to speak to me about financial stewardship. So if one of the houses I'm considering is well beyond what I'm able to afford, then I can already assume that's probably not one of God's options. 
Does that make sense? But I'm asking for him to speak about that specific option when he's already given me his guidance in wisdom through this written word. But when I'm, when I'm faced with a legitimate decision and I know God has, has an opinion on that, well, now let me ask for his specific word on something. And he will speak into that moment. But maybe, maybe for you, maybe one of the reasons you could have a hard time hearing right now is because you're, you're ignoring what he's already said. So the first one is, am I prepared to do what, what I hear? Number two, has God already spoken about this. And the third one is this. Is this just a one-off request? Is this just a one-off request? In other words, sometimes we don't hear from God because I, I actually am not asking God about anything in my life. I'm just really stressed out or anxious about this one thing. And so here one time I've come to him and ask him. Almost like he's an advice hotline. When God speaks, listen to this. God speaks into relationship for the sake of relationship. God speaks into relationship for the sake of relationship. And Stacy, I'm going to get more advice from Stacy than somebody who doesn't even know her and just approaches her. Why? Because we, have a, we, we walk together. We have a relationship. We're, we have a life that we're living together. So when I come to her, she expects me to come to her and ask for her advice on things. Because we're living life together. We're doing life together. But, and sometimes we treat God as if he's, as, as if he's 1-800-ASK-GOD-A-QUESTION. And I, I'm just going to call him up and because I need his supernatural advice on a situation. But the rest of my life is in no way in any intention of, of living to follow him or to do what yes. he's said. Yes. I think that that is really a big deal is, is to make sure that we're actually um, a sheep in the fold and that we are part of God's family that surrendered to him fully. Um, because sometimes people just want to connect to God to get a bit of hope, but they don't want to hear about really their whole life, just like Joe's saying. And, I'm, and sin, as I've said before, it hardens our heart. It hardens our senses. So Jesus comes and he makes us alive. Where we were dead, we could not respond. We were dead. It says we were groping around in the darkness before Christ in Isaiah. So when we choose to just ignore God in an area of our life, but then we want to hear some of his encouragement or tender whispers of hope, but we're ignoring him about a relationship that's wrong, we are picking and choosing what we hear. And I'm sure you know what it's like to be around a kid who has selective hearing. It's immature. So it's immature to have selective hearing. So if God wants to mature us, and if we want to mature then when we come and approach his word, we want him to not just give us a little bit of encouragement and lift a little bit of depression off of us, but we want him to speak into that relationship that we're compromising in. And we want him to have access into our budget besides just 10% and just don't talk to me anymore besides 10%, Lord. We want him to have access. That's what it means to be open and receptive, and we can trust that God leads to life. Yeah, He's so good. He's leading us to life. One, one of my favorite verses, and maybe you're new to faith, um, I, I just want to speak this verse over you because it's so powerful, but it's John 10.10, 10, and Jesus is, is quite plain about why he came. He says, I have come so you can have life and have it to the fullest. But if you look at that verse in the context of the whole chapter, John 10, the whole chapter is about Jesus identifying himself as a shepherd, and we are sheep. 
And he's talking about how we as sheep, we as his followers, know his voice. First of all, I love that he called himself a shepherd. He could have called himself anything. A taskmaster. He could have called himself a dictator. He's God. He has the right to do any of that. But when he, when he started talking about the way we relate to him, he, he, he used a caring role. A role that's about our betterment, that's about leading us into health, leading us into, into green pastures, leading us beside still waters, Psalms would tell us. But his heart to pastor us, to shepherd us, but part of that is we know his voice and he wants to bring us into life. But the context is, the context of his voice is a following relationship. It's not just a let me hear what God has to say about this. But let's enter into this relationship where our life is lived following the shepherd. We want to go where he's leading us. Um, the next question really has to do with those of us who maybe you feel experienced in hearing from God. Maybe you have been hearing from God for a while. Um, but maybe you're in a patch where you're like, ooh, I don't, I'm having trouble hearing God's voice. And that is this question. If you're having trouble hearing God's voice, uh, I want you to ask yourself this question. Who am I discipling? Who am I discipling? Because sometimes God is prepared to speak to us when we position ourselves to lead someone else. And you, you some of us, and all of us have this temptation. Some of us, sometimes we, we're just seeking God in isolation. God, speak to me. I need your word on something. And he's wanting us to pour out before he pours in. This is a good principle, I'm telling you. Maybe, if, maybe you're struggling hearing God's voice. He wants you, to, uh, he wants you to, to, to lead a home group. Or he wants you to go on outreach team. Where you all of a sudden open up that, that, that conduit of God's word. Because you are, you are sharing, you're discipling someone else. You're leading someone else. You're pouring into someone else. And you've all of a sudden, what have you done? You've all of a sudden opened up the reception line going, God, here I am. I'm ready to hear more because I'm giving away what you've given me. I think, you know, in, in Mark 4, Jesus says, after he does the parable of the sower with the seed, he says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you'll receive even more. And I think one of the reasons why sometimes we don't hear more from God is we're not valuing, the, you know, we're not, it's not just about not doing, but we're not meditating and really relishing the word that he has given us, Absolutely. paying close attention to that. Yes. And I love what you just said, Joe, because this is so true as followers of Christ. We have vertical and horizontal. We breathe in, we breathe out. We take in, we give out. And so much of our flourishing in Christ is being able to take every principle that we have for our own nourishment, pass it on to others, reach it out to others. And as you, Ramp Church, are waiting, some of you are waiting to hear from God about some things. I want to encourage you. I know waiting is hard. Keep waiting yes. to hear from the Lord. Yes. People get in pickles when they just make haste and they do things their own way. I think of Saul, not, you know, Samuel took a bit longer to return. So Saul took matters into his own hand and then that did not work out well for Saul. And you have to patiently wait on God to speak. And that's the way that we show honor and preference for him. And it's the way he prepares our heart to receive his word is sometimes just waiting, just every day continuing to seek him. But why don't we just have the band go ahead and yeah, come, come on forward. up, band, before we, before we share some, some closing thoughts. But I, I just feel encouraged to, to just speak this into those of you that are believing for a word from God. Um, you're, you're, you're genuinely seeking God for direction on something. 
then I want to encourage you to encourage someone else. If you need a word today, if you need to hear God's voice, I want you to give a word Mm -hmm. to someone else. Mm -hmm. Find an encouraging scripture. Um, Find something that God said to you in the past through his word or just spoken to you personally. And give that word to others. Encourage someone else. And I want to finish finish with this, with just some practical wisdom for those of you. The, the, The last question, if you're having trouble hearing from God, is this, have I made space? Have I made space to hear? You know, our life, Stacy, is is pretty busy. We have three kids. You know, we both we both work. We lead a lead a church, and it, it, to have really genuine conversation takes intentionality. Mm-hmm. It takes space, and there are times when we need to have the kind of conversation you can't have uh, while you're cleaning up dinner. You need to create space. Well, we need to create space to actually have that kind of heart-to-heart. And sometimes I feel like we want God to speak into um, an environment that's not conducive to hear what He wants to say. He wants to have a heart-to-heart, and we, we, want, we want a drive-through word. Yeah. We want a drive-through yeah. meal. And so I want to encourage you, Ramp Church, this week yes. to make space. Make space. So the, the, I want you to position yourself to hear. So number one, uh, you've got to, to come away from the hustle and the bustle of the day. Make space. Sometimes five minutes. You can position yourself in five minutes in a way you can't uh, in days of hustle and bustle. To just get before God. Yeah. Listen to Him. Undivided attention. Undivided attention. To give and I to think him. I love what you just said about because sometimes people think, oh, I, I, there's no way I could spend an hour with God. So start with five minutes. Yeah. Start with, don't underestimate what five minutes, and then grow from there. I mean, when Joe and I first started talking, you know, it was a growth in um, our ability to understand each other. And also, I want to invite you guys to just even hop in and join us as a community. We spend Wednesdays in increased prayer and fasting. And maybe some of you want to try fasting on Wednesday, where you have Abstain from some things so that you can more intentionally lean in and listen to the Lord and hear what he's saying about our church community, our city, our own hearts. Yes. So number one, make space. Number two, have faith. Believe when you step into the space that you've created that he is there. That's what Matthew tells us in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. When you go, when you make space for God, He's in the secret place. He's in that place waiting for you. And then number three, when you're trying to hear from God, start start by reading the Gospels and worship. Start by reading the Gospels. Maybe you're brand new to a journey of faith and hearing from God. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the stories of Jesus' word and His life, and worship. Start there. Make space. Have faith. Start with the Gospels and worship. Let's make space this week, Ramp Church.